Well, good morning. My name is Mitch Treesmith, as it says so in the bulletin, and, uh, and I'll be speaking here this week and, God willing, next week. And as often as you guys decide to ask me to come, if I'm not speaking somewhere else, I'm happy to serve. As it says so in the bulletin, I was retired after 50 years of service in Jewish evangelism. And so I, you know, for 50 years, they paid me to be good, and now I gotta be good for nothing. And, um, and I'm doing it well, I'm doing it well. So we're having a good time in the service of the Lord. Um, uh, as a way of an announcement, let me just say this, that I see the upcoming events, uh, that's improper in there, it says June 29th. Uh, I can't make that. <laughs> but uh, July 6th, is it? Wednesday night, you're going to have a prayer meeting, and God willing, I hope to be here. Now, I, I, I impose myself on that group. So um, if they meet somewhere else, don't worry about it. But I'm going to be here some uh, Wednesday night and to pray with you guys and to have a little look into the Word of God, if that, whatever the, the uh, uh, format normally is. Now, this morning's message, I'm going to look at an unusual passage in Joshua chapter 7. And um, I love this text. Um, and... Um, the, um, I possibly could have listed chapter 6, the last verse, earlier, but that's all right. It doesn't really matter. The, uh, uh, the formidable foe of Jericho, this, um, this uh, defensible, uh, immovable, impregnable, uh, invulnerable uh, walled city, which is the gateway to Canaan land, had been dismissed. And you can only imagine what it did to the hearts of the Canaanites because they figured this, this place ain't never gone away and it's gone. And uh, uh, we sing a song uh, to Negro spiritual. You've heard Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho. No, he didn't. He did not fight the battle of Jericho. The word battle implies some kind of conflict. There was no conflict at Jericho. Once the walls came tumbling down, the hearts of the people were melted, and it was a done deal. Any kind of conflict was over. Joshua didn't fight. He just chased them, <laughs> and they ran. And, uh, and in this position of great uh, power, authority, hope, uh, providence, in the place of God's blessing. Paul writes, I know how to be a base and a bound. It's harder to be a bound and stay there. And when you're a base, you got nothing to do but fall on your face and cry to God. When you're abounding, sometimes it's easier to slip away. And uh, that's what this whole passage is all about. Uh, let's begin with prayer. Our Father, our God, with the battle of Jericho behind us and the city in ruin and the smoke coming up from the ashes, now, Lord, help us to learn how to uh, be dependent and stay dependent. Speak to our hearts through your word. Uh, uh, convict us, exhort us, encourage us. Be our teacher and our guide. Give us a good time in it, and we'll thank you for it. In the matchless name of Messiah Yeshua, amen. We're going to have communion at the end of the service this morning because they felt that the message kind of dovetailed into the whole uh, confession kind of thing. Uh, Joshua chapter 7 begins with one single verse, the word but. 
That word is so significant. We just had Joshua was great. The people were great. The people are blessed. The Canaanites are disarrayed. We're ready for conquest. And look at it. But, but, oh man, there's so much in that one little word. Everything just turned and twisted around. And look at it. But the children of Israel committed a trespass. Now wait a second. Who committed the trespass? Did the children of Israel get together and say, you know what? We got to go disobey God. Let's all of us agree on it. They didn't do that. One man, one single guy had this thing in his heart, and you can follow through and watch his confession when it finally comes, uh, where he um, uh, confessed. And you notice the, um, the steps may be changed a little bit, but the order, correct my language, the order may be changed, but the steps are the same. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life, it never alters very much. And he coveted something, he wanted something, he stole something. Uh, and uh, look, he says over here that he, he hid it away. It's kind of amazing. Uh, 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 Israel sinned. Uh, uh, where is I'm looking for? Anyway, Achan said, I indeed sinned against the Lord. In verse 20, I saw, uh, uh, and so I, be, I, I beheld, I lusted, and he hid it. It's amazing. God told the Jewish people very simply, uh, what, first fruits belong to me. Jericho belongs to me. After that, when you get to Ai, you can take all the stuff you want. You can have it. But right now, first fruits be going to God, and it's sanctified to God. And if you touch it, take it for yourself, it's a curse. Now, how can a man, Achan, you got to marvel at this guy. He sees something in Jericho, and he takes a garment, a Gilgamesh garment. Where is he going to wear that garment? I mean, not like he can sneak downtown one day and say, hey, look what I'm all styled up. No, he... He, where's he going to go with the garment? That's from Babylon. That's from, that's from uh, 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 Jericho. We saw it. You, you, we know your sin's out. Where's he going to spend the money? It's not like we're going to have a marketplace. We're just coming into the promised land. We haven't set up a city. haven't set up a town. Nobody's got their curtains hanging up in their homes yet. We're just coming out of the wilderness. So where's he going to hide stuff? Hey, how are you going to take a, a, a wedge of silver? Isn't somebody going to notice that? A, a wedge of gold? Uh, where, where are you going to spend the money? Somebody, he, and in order for him to take it, he had to have known that he'd be covered by his family. He had to know, uh, I mean, his family sees him digging. What are you digging? Well, I figure I might find oil. And come on, what are you doing? I'm hiding something in the bottom of my tent. What are you hiding, Dad? Honey, what are you doing there? What? Uncle Solomon, everybody in his family had to know. And as his family had to know, if your family's like my family, friends knew and neighbors knew. People knew. People knew, but they, shh, nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. Uh, I, I hate the tattletaler. I hate the fink. I hate the rat. We all do. But yet those people have the eyes and the heart of God, and they stand up against uh, uh, the tide to tell us the truth that we don't want to hear it. Uh, the whistleblowers, they're not appreciated in our country. 
You know, uh, we have so much litigation and we're afraid of being sued. We're afraid of telling anybody. But you know what? Drugs would be impossible if everybody just spoke up. If everybody said to your officer, shoot the officer, it's on that corner, it's in that house. Put your life in a line. But nobody, nobody speaks up. Everybody lets it go. Looks the other way. I'm a good guy. You can trust me. My friends know that I know. They don't, you know, we just keep it quiet. I remember coming back. Uh, don't ever do this. I went and took a trip to Florida with my son and his children in a car. And uh, I, somehow when I, I used to do that when I was younger. I used to take them down every year. But now somehow it's Zadie. It's not the same trip. And uh, my granddaughter in the back, my grandson starts crying out, Dad, Isabel's hitting me with a ruler. And uh, Ben said in his wisdom, Isabel, find something soft to hit your brother with. I, but uh, kids don't mind telling their parents about their siblings to get them in trouble. But we, um, we uh, uh, as a rule, as a people, we look the other way and we just let it go on and we don't say anything about it. And Achan sinned. Uh, Israel's different than America, uh, than the church. We in the church are... Um, not quite the same. Israel, they had like a corporate salvation. They had, a, they had a, the high priest only once a year, only then with blood, and the whole nation was covered. And the weapon of fast against them shall not prosper, and they were saved as a people. Our salvation is individual, but still we have some kind of a corporate responsibility. I know in Genesis 12 it said, Oh, bless them that bless thee, curse them that curse thee, and in these shall all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so, if America and the American families bless Israel, then America receives a blessing. And the church, we kind of, you know, if the, if the eye isn't operating properly or if the foot isn't operating properly, the whole body is, is, is maimed and crippled. So we have a corporate responsibility. So your personal sin can hinder our entire corporate spiritual life. Not quite the same, but there's a culpability and a responsibility of keeping uh, a, a, a short accounts with God when it comes to this. Israel was in a very prosperous place. And um, Achan hid this sin, hid this thing, and then uh, immediately uh, they go out into Ai. And I think it's kind of interesting. If you look at the language of Ai, it said, um, it said uh, uh, in uh, Joshua chapter 6, there was, in the battle of Jericho, there's a lot of detailed information where the priests would stand, where the trumpets would be, where the people were lined up, how they marched around the city. It was very, very detailed. In AI, it was rather haphazard, wasn't it? Uh, take approximately three groups. They'd say it's 3,000, but we don't know for sure. It's just three uh, companies of men. And go ahead into the city, just go ahead. No battle plan, no a discussion, no tactic, no uh, military strategy, just run in there and take them out. Where's the, the, the haughtiness? Where's the pride? Where's the arrogance come from? One simple success in battle, and immediately they forget about God. They don't inquire at his throne. They don't talk to him. They don't pray. They just run out, take a few people and take care of the lightweight. Oh, boy. Oh, 1 Corinthians talks about, about, about being cautious about 
let let he who stands uh, let him be cautious because he, let he, let he fall. And Achan hiding that stupid thing. Uh, Joshua immediately sees the Jewish people being chased, wonders at himself, and says, "Wow, what's happening?" Falls on his face before God. God says, "Stand up, stand up." The time for prayer, time for uh, reaping and sowing and feeling the horror of the sin, and the time to uh, get up and, and do something about it. And God said, stand up. And there's sin in the camp. And then you're going to marvel at this next couple of verses where God is going to expose the sin and brings them before himself by tribe. And God selects one tribe. Now, how do you think Achan feels? knowing it's his sin. And his family knows, and his neighbors know, and his friends know. They've got to know. And they watch him walk by. Nobody said a word. Nobody points. And Achan figures, what does he think? He's going to think, they won't know. 36, uh, notice what was it, approximately 36, about 36. It's about three groups went out. About three a dozen didn't uh, die. It tells me that this was recorded so quickly, we couldn't even get all the information. We have missing in action. We got about 36 people out there. We don't know. 37 died, 35 died. We don't know. About three dozen died, and it was a horrible defeat. Joshua couldn't believe it. Repents in sackcloth and ashes. The guy said, get up. They're sitting in the camp. Not just Achan, but the entire nation of Israel is responsible for letting this thing go by. So Achan... I know Achan never read Galatians where it says, uh, be not deceived, God is not mocked, so man soweth, so she also reap. Achan didn't read that. But Achan did read Numbers, and Numbers said, be sure your sin will find you out. And this means that your sin's going to hunt you down and discover you. Sin's crouching at the door in Genesis. And uh, he had to have known these things. And yet, what is he thinking when the first group goes by and then they select his, his tribe. Doesn't he know he's busted? Doesn't he know? And yet he sits there and waits and they go by by families and finally he's selected. And still, he don't say nothing. And Joshua says, can we talk? Hey, son, you got a problem. That ain't confession. Confession isn't getting busted and agreeing. <laughs> confession before God is telling him the things he's convicted you of. And we need to understand how important confession is because the sin in the camp, the sin in the church, the sin in our families has a total effect on where we've been and what's going on. My generation is extremely responsible in my generation, since I've been a believer, we've seen the Bible thrown out of the school. We've seen um, uh, abortion become the rule of the land. And for 50 years, I've been praying that God would put an end to it, and we just began to see a, a light at the end of the tunnel. And I trust it's not the, a freight train. But uh, it's slowly but surely, America may be on the blink of a kind of a turning back to biblical principles and to the things of God. But what caused it was each individual person has, has favored materialism. We want stuff. Very, very rarely does a pastor go 
from a $30,000 church to a $20,000 church. Most pastors go up and better and bigger in their lives and their ministries. Most of us move on to better things. Most of us think it's... Uh, I remember when I first got saved, years and years and years ago, my brother-in-law Joe was a very, very uh, uh, affluent person. He was a chiropractor, a very good industry. And he wouldn't buy a Cadillac because he felt that a Cadillac would be, a, it would be too ostentatious. He bought something more modest and gave the difference to the kingdom of God. Now we got churches where uh, the Cadillacs park here. <laughs> you know, this is reserved for the Cadillac people and uh, uh, whatever the other names of the cars are. And, and uh, uh, we, we, we pride ourselves on our affluence. I remember there's a big difference between a Jewish home and a Christian home. Jewish homes were much more ostentatious, better carpeting, better drapery, better furniture. They shopped in the finer malls and finer stores, you know. Uh, now the only difference between a Jewish home and a Christian home is the Jewish home is a mezuzah on the door. Christians are just as affluent, just as buying, just as caught up in the materialistic world. Uh, I remember when it was a time when Christians would have television sets because of the, of the prince of the power of the air and the garbage was belching out. They made, I remember my kids pressured me, pressured me to get a VCR and a TV so we can watch Christian movies. Ha! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I fell, I fell for it. And we bought the TV and started with a little box. And today, I live alone in a basement with a, my TV. I don't know if it's the same size. I can't tell. But my TV might be, it may be as big as your screen. I'm not kidding you. And I've got, oh, channels. I can't believe how many channels I got. You know, if they made a movie, I can watch it. And uh, it, it just goes on. And I'm the preacher. And, and I can only imagine what kind of home entertainment centers you got. The world is belched in, pushed in, and we are very materialist. And we wonder, what happened? We're not influencing anybody. They're influencing us. And today, um, we just slowly but surely, we just turned our backs on the things that are God's. Uh, they had that great, great victory but they forgot what their victory was based on. They forgot how they got it. I heard a story years ago about a man named, uh, wow, uh, Don, John Wanamaker? Yeah, I couldn't even think of his name. And he was a marvelous Christian man. And he, um, he started his life off with 11 bucks. I don't know what happened. Father, mother, pal, I don't know. He was out on the road, a believer in God, $11 in his pocket and waiting to serve God with his um, resources. And he's at a missions conference and uh, the plate comes by and he wants to start off tithing. But how do you tithe 11 bucks? It's a dollar and 81. What, what he, I mean, he don't know what to do. So he has a $10 bill and a $1 bill. And he puts the $1 bill in. He's holding on to that $10 bill. He's holding on to that $10 bill. After a while, he that $10 bill is holding on to him. He said, you know what? It won't be long before I'm totally dependent upon God. Wait a second. I am totally dependent upon God. And he put the 10 bucks in with the 11 bucks and walked out of there with nothing but faith in his Lord and Savior. Now, he's testifying 42 years later. 
He said, 42 years later, I'm now worth over $40 million. Now, $40 million in those days was a lot of money. Today, most of you have that kind of cash in your <laughs> retirement pensions. But my mistake was $11 million, which is still an enormous amount of money. Those days, $11 million made you one of the wealthiest men in the world. Today, $11 million makes you uh, a congressman. But uh, 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 it's just an inflation. But I, now, I said, I'm now worth $11 million. And uh, somebody sitting right over here on that side, that far back, and he said, all because I gave it all to Jesus when I was a kid. And somebody said, I dare you to do it again. And now I know it's a, it's, 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 it's a lot of money to put 11 bucks in when it's all you got. But it's a lot harder to put 11 million bucks in. And why is that? Why is that? And, and uh, the people of, of Israel, they conquered Jericho. And then they decided that they were going to conquer AI on their own. And they forgot where they got their resources from. They forgot where their power was from. And they let sin into the camp. And they disobeyed God. And they suffered a tremendous defeat. It's a great lesson to learn. We had victory over sin, victory over Satan, victory over death. We are overall victorious. We stand with the Savior over the grave. And we see an empty tomb. Hallelujah. And many of us forgot how we got here and we're holding on to stuff. And I don't know what you're hiding in your little place. I don't know what you buried away that doesn't belong to you. I don't know what you're coveting that you ought to let go of. I don't know what's holding on to you when you think you're holding on to it. But we need to let go and we need to let God. And that brings us to our communion time. Before I go, I'm going to share one more little thing. It's the word confess. First John says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The word confess is the word homo logeo. Homo logeo. And the word homo, unfortunately in our society, we know exactly what that means. It means same, same. And the word logeo means word. Same word, same word. And the Holy Spirit of God took those words and used that word a, 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 a Greek com combined verb to talk about this very, very special, important act of confession. We think confession is, oh, pleading with God. Please, God, please forgive me. We think confession is telling God something he don't know. Uh, we think uh, we all kinds of things. But maybe help you out here, it's a military word. And uh, uh, one day in Vietnam, we had a... a, uh, a, a assembly of men standing before, I think it was General Abrams, a, a battalion commander. And the General Abrams had in front of him uh, uh, a thousand men, four 250-man companies. Each company had four 60-man uh, platoons, and each platoon had four 15-man squads. So yet squad leader would be a corporal or PFC. So he had 64 corporals. Sergeant over a platoon would be a buck sergeant, uh, E3. So you had uh, 16 different sergeants. Company commander would be a captain, maybe a lieutenant. And you had uh, four ca captains. And then you had your field grade officer, uh, maybe a, a lieutenant colonel, 
major, perhaps, or general, standing in front of a thousand men. And he would say, Comedy! And uh, with that, four uh, commanders would come back, uh, uh, Two! With that, 64 uh, squadrons would squad! And with that, uh, he would start walk out the command. Head hot! And then head hot, head hot, head hot, head hot! And <laughs> thousand men, me about four seconds later, we click their heels together and we will be standing. Fight! Hard! 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 And they move out as one. In total and complete obedience in response to the command of the commander. Same word. Same word. Liar! Liar! Oh, well, you see, let me explain. <laughs> Liar! Covetous! Yeah, but you see, covetous. 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 This, yes, yes. Didn't love your word. Yes. Yes, yes. Just simply say, I agree. I agree. And the reason God convicts you of sin is not that he doesn't know. You need to know what things he's working on right now. See, and by the way, about that, commend you from all unrighteousness. If God were to convict you of every sin you ever said, thought, or done instantaneously, you'd give up. That <laughs> Christian life, forget it. I ain't never going to be there. I can't do it. It's too, it's, it's, very, it's, not, it's, not, it's ridiculous. But he said, look, Mitch, I remember when I first got convicted of sin when I first got saved. He said, Mitch, he convicted me of this sin. He said, oh, I can do that. I'll give that up. Okay, for you, Jesus. And then I said, all right. I get, oh, there's more? <laughs> One day, God convicted me of a, of something I couldn't even believe in. I said, I didn't do or say a thing wrong. I just had a bad attitude. And I drove away with a bad attitude. And God convicted me. And I said, but I didn't do anything. Yeah, but you could have said this. You should have said that. Oh, I was so busy dealing with my, how I felt. I wasn't filled with the Spirit of God ready to serve. And mental attitudes can be sin. What I'm thinking, I didn't do a thing. Yeah, but you were thinking, and I want you thinking things are just pure lovely. I want you to focus on those things. So God takes a few things, brings them to the surface, and we say, you're right, you're right, you're right. Hallelujah. Baruch Hashem, thank you for forgiving me on the base of Jesus. Confess those things, and he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Woe unto us who stand, and we think because we can fall very easily. So we need, to, we need to realize sin in the camp, sin in our heart, and sin in our lives.